Welcome to the Bear Your Soul Sister podcast, where we share real, raw, authentic conversations with the everyday woman. I'm so excited for this episode, guys. It's going to be so good. We have our amazing mutual friend, Larissa, on for today's episode. And I do want to say that there will be a pretty big trigger warning um, at the beginning of this episode as we're going to be diving into abusive relationships and Larissa's journey going through one and also coming out of the other side. So I just wanted to put that out there in case anybody needs it. Um, So, hey, Larry. Hey guys, thank you for having me here. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. (sighs) So excited. I'm very excited too. I think it's going to be a really informative podcast episode for those that may know people in these experiences or may be currently going through it or have no idea that they are going through it. So we've got some great questions to ask you um, to help anyone that has experienced or may not even be aware that they are experiencing any kind of abuse in the household. So um, Kara is going to ask you the wicked questions today and let's get started. Thank you. Excited to have you on. Um, okay, so for those of you in our audience that don't know of you, Larissa, can you share a little bit about who you are and um, yeah, a little bit about your background, I guess, and story of who you are? Awesome. Thank you so much. I would love to. I don't really know where to start. I don't want to bore you too much with a backstory. I want to get straight into the, the hard questions today. I'll start back from when I've been a single mom, um, struggled a lot with victim mentality, a lot with my mindset, a lot with not knowing what I know now, um, not knowing the tools on how to you know, make your way back through life, how to get through the tough times. Um, so I've, I've worked my butt off. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, go for it. Great. I worked my freaking ass off, y'all. For <laughs> <laughs> the last four years, I've invested a lot of money into training, into learning, into self-development. Um, I am now an, a breath coach, first and foremost, um, NLP practitioner, empowerment speaker, and I, and I dabble a little bit in, in writing. Um, I write for a women's empowerment magazine, Raw, Fierce, Feminine, Rising. Um, it just really inspires me as my mission now in life. I just wish I knew what I knew now. And if I can help one more person guide the way home for them back to self, back to a most beautiful, powerful life and how to heal through some of life's biggest traumas heartbreak um abandonment loneliness all of those things it's literally my mission just it is the most beautiful privilege actually in my in my workshops in my breath classes just to see the light come on in somebody else's eyes again yeah that's what it's about for me just seeing that that switch flick or that moment I think we've all had a moment mine was in a Tony Robbins event a long long time ago and he was speaking and he was speaking and he was talking about you know think about your life right now and how you feel and at that point in my life I was really low um really low and he's like and I want you to picture yourself like that five years from now and then 10 years from now I'm like oh my god I literally started screaming on the inside and I literally felt like the spotlight was on me there was 5,000 people in the room but literally it was just me and Tony and 
from that moment on was my no more, not anymore will I um, live like this. I need to change. I need, something needs to change for me. And I think we've all had this flick of the switch somewhere in our life, whether it's been in a relationship, in our careers, in friendships, in a decision that we've made that we're just like, we will not stand for this one more second. So that was my powerful moment. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I think um, for someone who knew you before that, like you can definitely see the transformation you've been through and I'm, yeah, so incredibly proud of you and, and who you are today. So yeah, I guess um, explain to us a little bit more about that moment where you realized something wasn't quite right or you thought, oh gosh, enough is enough. Um, I need to do better and I need to get through this. What was that like for you? So I think it was in my first marriage. I got married really young. Again, I was I was brought up very naive. I was growing up in the country, very sheltered, very alone, a bit of a loner. So I attached really quite quickly at the age of 14 to my husband that was going to be. I got married at 18. I didn't know what um codependency was I didn't know what narcissist was I didn't know what a toxic relationship we don't didn't use those terms then and I think it was after a 15-year relationship um with that you know in that situation that it wasn't until he left that I didn't actually realize I think it was when I was you know Facebook wasn't even a thing then you guys (laughs) I know, right? <laughs> when I got married, you know, I was very isolated. He, there was, he controlled all the money. And I just thought, you know, I grew up around my grandparents were my best friends and their traditions of my grandmother doing everything for him. And that was just the way it was. The man was the head of the house. And, you know, I had a lot of um, traditions or beliefs inbuilt in me that that was normal and that's all cool and that was okay and it wasn't until he left and literally the nightmare began um, in that first relationship that I was like whoa I don't actually know this person that I thought and I would have given my life for and I just want to do a little do you have time if I just say literally yeah what is a narcissist and how you can sort of detect that. So narcissist abuse is quite covert and it's often disguised as love and care in the beginning. And that is also what we call things like gaslighting or love bombing. They're just they're like your knight in shining armor. They come swooping right in. They say the right things. They listen because they're mm. listening. They then know all your weaknesses, all your past, all your stories, they're taking notes. (laughs) It's actually, it's just not a thing like just a single line, one liner of cruelty or anything like that. It's verbal abuse that's actually laced with um, a string of mixed feelings as well. Like, babe, don't say that. That's stupid. So that's kind of like a babe, but you're stupid. Um, It's gradual it's very gradual and it's a it's an intentional erosion of somebody's worth somebody's self and I didn't realize until it was too late for me it's a combination of physical and psychological abuse aimed at undermining a person's identity for the sole gain of themselves 
So I've been in a few different ones. Some were just verbal. And because they're not punching you in the face every night, you just think, oh, okay, we're just not getting along or maybe he's falling out of love for me. Because I didn't have physical damage in some of these relationships, it was emotional. But then looking back, that emotional damage <laughs> actually lasted a lot longer and that's something that I've had to work through and work through and work through every single day. Even right now, every time I jump on and do a live, every time I jump on to share my story, every time I show up, I have the words in the back of my head from several of these people, you're stupid, nobody wants to know what you have to say, shut your effing mouth, if you talk about it, if you do this, I will kill you. Wow. Every time, every time. And I had to make a choice. There was a long time where I didn't show up. There was a long time that I went inwards. There was a long time when I, I wanted to give up. It was just too much. Um, and I really want people to know the damage. These are very different relationships. I just definitely want to make it clear, okay? It is normal to not have full-blown arguments but have disagreements with your spouse about finances. That's not a narcissistic relationship. That's the, I want you to recognise the normality in a relationship and the not. So it's really normal to have arguments. We might slip up and say the wrong thing here and there. Um, fighting about money, finances, is probably one of the number one things that couples fight about, sex and money. Um, is that, would you guys agree? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that you say this because there's a lot of talk out there that you should, you know, marriage is meant to be challenging. It's meant to be hard. It's meant to have its, you know, obstacles. Mm. But I guess it's like, where do you draw the line? And where do you know where you're, you know, tolerating bad behavior or yeah. it's, you know, something, it, it is just a disagreement. So how do yeah. you recognize what is what? 100%. So I really don't like this word, I'm with a toxic person or I'm with a narcissist just because you guys have been fighting for a week about a certain situation in your relationship. Narcissism goes really deep. It's extreme um, stonewalling and financial abuse and neglect and the, the, their actual intention behind everything is to destroy you. Whereas if your partner and, and you are just having, you know, your normal arguments, you can talk about it. Maybe you do need to just, you know, a day just to breathe. That's normal. Narcissism and a toxic, violent relationship goes really deep, really beyond that, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. know if Rhi like, has anything she wants to add to that. Like, I think it's even your feelings. If you feel scared about coming home, if you feel afraid as soon as your partner comes through the door, if you have to watch everything that you say, walk on eggshells, everything is your fault, every blame is yours, everything gets twisted around to you, that is the difference. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important to be able to recognise, isn't it? Mm. Okay. Gosh, it just, and it makes me really, um, mm. I find it so incredible because when I first met you, I used to sit and think, wow, she's such a beautiful person. Like, why doesn't she see that? And I guess that's all part of it, isn't it? Like you are basically put in a situation where you start to not even understand or recognize who you are. 
and absolutely (laughs) and people around you think that you know everything's fine you know there would be nothing further to see so I guess how how, what would you tell somebody who is maybe in a situation like what you're in and no, they're too afraid to let anybody in or they're too afraid to show that side to anyone? I so relate to this. I, I love that you've actually just brought that up because on Facebook, you guys, my life was a friggin' fairy tale. I'd finally found the man of my dreams. This This guy just walked into my life and everything was beautiful. I had business class tickets to everywhere. We were holidaying all the time. We had the multi-million dollar business. We had the Mercedes Benz. We had everything. So it seemed on the outside. And I think I really strive to even push that further on social media to almost blindside myself to convince myself that my life was okay. And that's Mm. the danger. And I think, you know, we all jump on social media and and ladies, we all compare ourselves to all these people that are either filtered fake or, you know, you don't actually know what happened three minutes before that photo went up, you know, like even the Mother's Day photo, so many Mother's Days, I was like, will you just get it here and get the epic photo by son, you know, 15, 16 going, ew, I don't want a photo. And then I'm like, yay, Mother's Day with a family photo. Like we really don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And my life was perfect to the outside and so many years of my life were spent protecting him. Because I think deep down when I look back, I wanted to protect my choice, my guilt, my shame, the way that my life was. And it just, it's honestly just feels like that, that moment of realization, like literally for the first few years, it was like, I literally could have written a freaking Hollywood movie. My life was a fairy tale. We didn't argue. It was just so loving, incredible, magical. Like, honestly, I can't deny that. It was absolutely whirlwind, beautiful. The most powerful soul. Like, it was it was a soul tie to this person. And that moment of realisation, it was literally like a switch. That moment of realisation that that fairy tale is now a living nightmare a living war zone that everything I thought was true um, wasn't real but it was real for me I Mm. loved I felt I again like you know just it was in that moment that (laughs) it's it's just literally it it takes your breath away it takes your breath away um your my head was spinning it was just I couldn't breathe and it's kind of what do I do now because my kids had just experienced the trauma and the and the sadness of a divorce not long ago and I saw what that did to them and I I married this other man and I'm like oh my god am I gonna put my kids through that again I don't want to go through that again I failed again I was so brought up in a very religious family that I already um, was the black sheep because divorce is just something that you don't do. It's until death do you part. And those vows almost killed me. Mm. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. I just got goosebumps. Till death do you part. And those vows almost did kill me. And I, it was just so much in my head. And I, I've had other coaches and I've heard other podcasts um, say, oh, you know, you're not a tree. If you're not in the situation that you want to be in, just move, just leave, just do this. You are strong. You are powerful. It's not that easy. Yeah. And you know what? I was that bitch on the couch watching the news of another DV or another woman dying at the hands of her partner. And I would always say, why did she not leave? Why did she not see it? And only years later, it was me, hypothetically, on that television. It was me living that life. And why women don't leave? Why do they not leave? Is a great question. Mm. And it's something that I still ask myself today. Why didn't I leave sooner? I should have seen the signs or I just want to go through. And some of you that are listening may feel like you are in that situation right now. And I want to give you some validation and I want to shout out and give you some love and just know that I see you. Um, what people don't know is I slept next to a hunt. He's had a hunting knife beside the bed every night. My house was full of firearms. I had up to four children in my house at one time, two of my own and two stepchildren. If I had to leave and get four children and my dogs, I ain't leaving my dogs behind because I know what he would do. How do I choose which child first? If something went down, who do I pick? How do I do this? Um, financially everything I had was invested in the business everything I I had invested in where I worked my finances were tied up in that the threats of if you leave I'll make your life hell I will kill you I'll never stop until I find you um, you know everything that I did was how do, how, do I, how do I do this? No one will believe me because, oh, my God, he was a hero. He was the nicest guy. He, he convinced my family, my friend. He would even take my girlfriends on, you know, with us on vacations and lavish things like that. He, he just had such a persona in the community. I was really isolated in a way. Because I didn't share my story or what was really happening, my family didn't know, my neighbours didn't know, my friends didn't know. I was that belittled and at a point where I felt I was worthless. I felt I was unlovable. I had only, you know, oh, my God, I finally found this guy after being a single mother with two kids. Who's going to want me now damaged, married twice? You know, all of those things just going through my head. I was really tired from being in fight or flight all the time. I was exhausted. I sometimes didn't know reality from fact. Um, I was always protecting my kids. I honestly stayed because I felt like it would either cost me my life or one of my kids. And how do I convince the world of this Prince Charming, that he's not, he's, he's, he's not like that. Who would believe me? So I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? That I think when people think of domestic violence or abusive relationships, they think that it's going to be recognizable. You know, they're going to hear the screaming in the street. They're going to hear the arguments. They're going to see the physical 
you know, wounds or bruises, but that's not necessarily what's really happening. And yeah, it's how do you get the courage to step up and say, this is what's really happening. Exactly. And I did have physical evidence um, at times. Um, But again, I just wore three quarter sleeves. I think a couple of times I slipped at work and the boys questioned, but I always had Oh, you know, blah, 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 I've done this or I've done that. I was very active. I was at the gym. I was outdoorsy. I could blame it on anything. Um, it's never your face. <laughs> it's not usually your face. It's, I'm not going to say never your face, but it's not usually. Um, the other thing too, guys, it was my effing house. <laughs> well, that's the house. other thing, yeah. Get the F out. This is my house. Um, I mean, it, it, these relationships... they cost you a lot they cost you a lot mentally spiritually especially your soul just you feel so disassociated like I can switch on and off from horrific things still to this day um you know I, I shared openly on on in my group the other day of you know when I was working for um somebody a couple of years ago I was doing coaching calls and all of that and literally in the next room a family member of mine had OD'd and I had the ambulance working on them I didn't know if they were going to make it or not and here I am doing a coaching call with a smile on my face like I can switch from reality really quickly which is dangerous and I can put on a mask and I can put on a happy face and learning to be vulnerable hello broken shoulder (laughs) at the moment I've got a broken shoulder and I'm very vulnerable learning to be vulnerable and learning to put the sword down has been probably one of the hardest things for me um being hyper I can do it I don't need your help (laughs) Um, I will do it myself um that's actually a trauma response because you've been let down so many times your trust has been broken by others so many times whether it was when you were little um whether it was you know during your teenage years and your adulthood um that I can do it myself I don't need anybody mate that was my motto my whole business was related around warrior fight fight defend protect which is really interesting (sighs) But I can also be a warrior of healing, of light, a warrior for women and a voice for women now. So I can have different perspectives. And no matter where you are in your life, you can you can change it. You can heal through it. If you can survive inside of an abusive relationship, I promise you, you can survive outside of one. And when women leave is the most dangerous part for her and it does scare me that a piece of paper really as we've seen on the news lately it doesn't do anything and this is where I really want to advocate and push for further laws to protect these women these guys I just saw one pop up on my news feed this week it just really rattled me that he he (laughs) he violated that DBO 50 times before he was arrested that's literally making a woman run like dodgeball at a firing gun 50 times and hoping she doesn't get hit that's 50 times he had the chance to hurt her harm her kill her and the government needs to 
be aware that this is not okay, that we're encouraging women to leave, we're just leave, just leave, just leave, but where are we protected? How are we protected? Yeah. How are we looked after? And it's the women that are dying are the ones that have got away. There is not a moment when I'm out in public because I have had to move back to where I used to live for COVID reasons, for other reasons, that I don't look over my shoulder still to this day. There's not a day that I feel at complete ease that this person is still out there. Um, these other people are still out there. You know, it's just something that we can still heal through, but we have to live with every single day. For me, the biggest thing was changing my perspective because I had so much hate, guilt, resentment, anger for myself because what my kids had to witness, what my kids went through because I didn't leave is not okay. And my kids are still getting therapy now. And some of the things that went on behind those closed doors, I will probably, I'm really struggling to forgive myself for, but I'm really working on that. So I really encourage you ladies to change your perspective. You didn't choose abuse. You chose the safety. You didn't choose to stay there every night because you wanted to be abused. You choose. You chose to be safe. They threaten and, you know, cho choosing to stay even when it comes close to them stealing your breath or really hurting you, that's brave. You stayed to protect yourself or your children or whatever was at stake. I really had to change the perspective you're not silly. You're not crazy. I thought I was crazy a lot of times. Um, but that trauma bond that you have to these people, that brainwashing actually makes you, even after I left, I still had feelings for that person. And it doesn't make sense in my head. It doesn't make sense in my mind. Even knowing what he did, not only to me, I still had this bond, this connection, this soul tie to these people. And I think it just comes down to being able to turn that pain back into power, back into empowering yourself and learning how to trust yourself again, that you're not crazy. They don't choose weak people. They choose women that are strong and sometimes often are in a better position than them, like maybe more successful or have more money because they, they want to tear you down and be better than you. Um, it's really interesting. Mm. For me, breath work changed my life, saved my life and kinesiology because we hold trauma in our body until we're ready to deal with it. And both of these modalities literally changed my life. Going through a traumatic event, whether it's DV or not, whether it's just bullying at high school or anything that's happened that's traumatic for you, trauma sits within the body until we deal with it, until we heal it, until we release it, until we ask it what it wants to show us. And it will it'll come up in different ways. For sure. 
I have a question. As you were talking, um, there was something that really resonated when you were saying how um, it was like there was a, a switch where you realized like there was something going wrong. And a, I don't know if a lot of people do know, but I have experienced similar um, emotional abuse in a previous relationship. And when you were talking, I even to this day, I was like... I, my question is like, how do you know you're in one? Because I remember thinking that it was always my fault and that I was the one that was fucked up. I was the one that was whoring around, even though I wasn't because of the things that he was saying, like he would, he'd be checking my phone. Like I felt like I wasn't faithful enough. And I was like desperate to prove to him that he was the only person for me and all that kind of stuff. And I like, it took, a certain thing for me to realize, oh, hang on a second, this isn't normal. So how do you realize that you're actually in one? Like what, can you give us like exact, I guess, signs or ways to figure out if you're actually in one to begin with? Because even to this day, I sometimes go back and go, oh, maybe I was the one that was fucked up. Maybe I ruined that relationship and it's still my fault. So like where, how do you find those signs and yeah, navigate through that to realize, okay, now I need to make the step to get out of this because this actually isn't normal. Wow. That, that was like, wow, (laughs) for me too. I actually think it is different for each of us because every single one of those things that you just said, that was your fault. Everything would be this. Even if they're the one cheating, they'll make you think that you're the one playing up or sending messages and you're like, but I'm not. That's actually exactly what happened with me. Like the biggest head fuck you can have of your life because you then start doubting your own actions, your own thinking. You literally start to doubt everything that you are, everything that you do, everything that you say. I feel like even though even you yourself re went through that and couldn't see it until something for you went, hang on a minute, that's not right. I think after being in a relationship like that, that knife to the stomach, like I said, butterflies and red flags feel the same. That moment of hang on a minute, I think it takes a different situation, a different comment, a different moment in time for each of us to be like hang on that doesn't feel the right especially with gaslighting I never said that I never did that you take everything too seriously you're so moody you're going crazy you're the one that did that not me you're flipping this all around on me I don't want to talk about this now it's always back on you that's massive gaslighting um but like I said it's just that feeling of hang on a minute it is, it's it's pivotal that you try to get to that before they mess with your head, <laughs> like Ree's been through and obviously a few of you out there would have been through too because you do start to doubt yourself. But I do feel everybody just has that moment of hang on a minute. And my, my, my love changed. I didn't, I wasn't, I was just literally in survival mode. I actually had, I just wanted to get out of there. My, my, my feelings for that person changed. I felt violated. I felt, um, I can't even find the words really. Just, I felt this can't be happening. Mm-hmm. This can't be happening. I, I don't understand. 
And I think, oh, the other thing too is because it was so good in the beginning, because it was so intense and amazing and beautiful in the beginning, I always thought that person will come back. I thought, okay, maybe today's different. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he can be like that again. And I feel like narcissists and empaths, like we're like little lamps and they're the more, they're just drawn to really empathetic, beautiful hearted fixers, healers, um, people that just have beautiful big hearts are often the victims of, of narcissistic people because we just try to see lights and butterflies and unicorns in everybody and make excuses when people are mean or when people fuck up or like, oh, they've probably had a hard childhood. Um, he's probably just hasn't dealt with his trauma. Okay, people, <laughs> let's just be real. Some people are assholes. Um, <laughs> they definitely need to do a lot of work. But I think too, just knowing yourself, you are a good person and this is why you sometimes go through things like this because we don't have boundaries. Mm. I never had boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries were. I was a people pleaser from childhood stuff. Maybe if I'll do this, he'll love me. Maybe if I do this, he'll say, good girl, good girl, good girl. Um, people pleasing. I was just, yeah, I just did all of the things right to stay with a person like this because I, I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have an awareness of who I was. I didn't realise my own strength, my own power. I had always relied on others to fill up my cup. I'd always relied on others to say, you're okay, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're good at this. I had none of that for myself. Yeah. Um, so I've so, really gone off track. <laughs> that's okay. For me I, um, for me, I found the, I guess the switch f- was asking a little bit more, I guess, questions uh, to other people's relationships and then kind of like dropping little bits of what was happening in the relationship and then the more and more people were like oh that doesn't sound right that's not good I was like oh really like and I it took me a while to actually be like okay hang on it isn't me there's so many people saying that doesn't seem right like that's not okay um I would never do that to you those kinds of things and I was like okay righto that makes sense and then I actually started to just be a bit more of myself like my true self and then it heightened like the the way he reacted to me was like he was trying to get above and beyond me to squash me again and I felt like that was a big sign from my own awareness of like okay like I was going in the gym to be better looking for him because he'd always degrade me because I was so fat but then it was switch to oh you're going to the gym so you can be hot for xy person and and I'm like this doesn't even make sense like you said this and then you said that and then I started to like switch on and that's when I slowly gradually had the strength to then be like, nah, bro. Like I had, I put things in place. So I felt safe, safe enough to say this is over. Um, and then I did my very best to, um, yeah, even remove myself even more. So I think that was my pivotal point where I was like, nah, okay, this makes sense. This isn't actually normal. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I, it just made me smile because I was literally at my best version of myself when, let's just say, player number one um, was there. I was, I, I put on a lot of weight after I had kids. I was up to a size 24. I'd got down to a size 12. I'd got a full-time job and I was doing really well at that, making commission, da, 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 like literally at the best place in my life. And we actually renewed our 10-year wedding vows. And then literally three months later, he was gone. Um, and it's just interesting that you say that. It's because we start calling them out on their shit. It's because we start actually going, mm, you know, that actually doesn't feel right. Or no, that's not what I said. Um, it's really interesting because, again, that's when it really escalates because, Again, what I was, when I was saying, you know, when you start calling them out or you start picking up on things or you start to get that tiny bit of confidence or you get that bravery to speak your truth, that's when things can either escalate for you as well. Definitely. So can I just ask, what do you feel is like from someone who's been through it, do you think there's any reason that we're kind of, because I almost feel like we're almost at like this point where it's becoming so much more common Mm. and we're hearing more about it. Do you think there's any maybe underlying reasons that so many men, and obviously there are women out there that Mm -hmm. are the abusers as well. Do you think there's any specific reason we're seeing so much more of this happening? Like, is it generational trauma? Is it we're not good at (laughs) dealing with things? Like, why are so many people a narcissist or an abuser? Like, is there some... So there is a psychological reason for that. They don't just become born a narcissist. Um, Mm. We have a lot more single mums out there raising men. Um, my feminine energy, I was a single mum for my son all of his life and he never had that father figure. So they are after that power or that control or that feeling of I'm a man, I'm a man, you know, things like that. But I'm not joking about COVID. Like (laughs) it actually heightened a lot last year because women were or men were shut down with these partners. There was a lot more control. No, you can't leave the house. No, you can't go out. No, you can't see your friends. No, you can't see your family. Like it actually escalated. I think the statistics were like 65% more. Because, um, and not just women. These are children. Like this is abuse in general. Just absolutely escalated, um, especially last year as well. But I, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's not just born into you. I mean, things happen in their life. And again, as an understanding, empathetic person, I'm like, no, oh, see, it's not their fault. You're adopted and you never had this. And, you know, I'd make excuses. But it's definitely something lacking in them that that creates that for them. Or they had narcissistic parents and this is all they know. I was literally in a group coaching call as a guest speaker for something and there was it was 
dominantly women and there was this one guy in there and I don't even know how we got into the conversation but I basically said to him I was like I'm so proud of the men that are actually doing the work because they are the ones that are going to change the world and I'm so proud of the people that are actually doing the work on their own shit especially if they're parents because this is how we stop it there is such a horrible um like women have so many like challenges in in society but we i i don't know if it's just because i'm a woman but i feel like there's not enough conversation about men's mental health and i feel like there is such a there needs to be so much more support in men and their emotional stability because i think that is the very core to why they end up abusers because there's no healing you're not man enough. Don't be a baby. You know, you're, you're supposed to be this, grow some balls, blah, 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 blah. And then the end, and even like in movies and things like that, I feel like that's definitely where it really strives from. So anyone that's actually doing the work to heal themselves, regardless if you're a man or woman or whatever you identify with, I think you just, you're still going to then heal the community by healing yourself so anybody that's doing the work I think is actually going to be shifting it you've got to stop thinking that it's outside of you and you can't do anything about it because I even just today I saw something it's like sometimes we just got to stand in front of the mirror and say maybe I'm a part of the problem like where am I being a part of the problem in this is this is this stories that you're telling people do you have sons or you know or daughters that you're saying things that could then project that into their future like just being conscious and doing the best you can rather than you know taking on generational trauma or stories that actually don't serve you so I that's where I believe everything's gone wrong is because we're also in this we're also in this moment where you know, for a very, very long time, it was a very man dominated world. And now women are rising. So it's like they're reacting. So I think the more and more that women are rising and men also speak up and start healing themselves, that it, I think it will fizzle if we all keep going and keep pushing um, and keep going, this isn't okay. And both men and women come together and go, this isn't okay. And they all heal. I think it will definitely fizzle. Yeah, powerful. I love that. I think, too, um, the roots of narcissism definitely comes from childhood abuse and neglect as well. So kids, again, kids are born precious and pure and innocent. You're just not born an asshole. You have to learn these things, these patterns, this, you know, something has to happen to you as well to do that. And I love what Ree just said. I used to have this belief that all men are assholes. And I would say it and I would believe it and I would have so much anger towards men. All men are assholes. All men, they're all just going to leave. They're all the same, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, as Re just said, you, you need to look in the mirror and say, I am part of the problem because that was my belief. And what did I get? I love I really, that. I really, really want to push that home. That was a really brilliant um analogy that you just said and they're not all assholes and I love seeing men at breath classes I love seeing men doing the work I love seeing women doing the work but I love that there is a space created now that for men to do the work we love it it's kind of like when men do housework it's like porn for women (laughs) we're just like yes you're welcome in this space we are cheering for you this is amazing like it is amazing seeing 
so many more men open to healing, open to being vulnerable, open to speaking out as well. Because I know there's men that are against, you know, um, domestic violence that hate that, that hate the way that women are treated. And it's not just me standing here today in front of you going, all men are this. It's definitely not. It's just to show you that no matter what you've been through, no matter where you've come from, that you can live a life that's powerful, that has purpose, that has meaning, that your story matters, that by you sharing, by you speaking out, by you being brave can maybe help one person, Mm. one person and then another person, you know, then that person leaves that, you know, generational cycle of poverty, of violence, of abuse, of depression. It's like healing generational trauma, Mm. the most powerful thing that you can do. And I stand in the mirror every day and I stand here and I'm like, depression, abandonment, divorce ends with me. I want to do this work for my future grandchildren and the children's children I'm when you heal yourself you heal your children absolutely and I think that's the biggest thing isn't it huge don't be you know I was a victim for so long oh my husband left woe is me I have two kids I'm broke you know it was like on repeat and I believed it and I used it for sympathy and empathy but there's a more powerful way that you can get that by not playing the victim by being the survivor what happened to you happened 100% and you did not deserve that at all absolutely turn that around to be inspirational powerful to say yes but I'm still standing here one of the most powerful things is you know and I survived yeah and I'm still here and I survived is a powerful thing no matter what happened to you in your life and I survived I'm so proud of you for everything that you are doing now and being an advocate and sharing your story because it takes a lot of determination and guts and resilience to do that. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us and with our audience. And um, I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick rapid fire questions and then we'll get through those and um, you can share a little bit more about how people can connect with you. Um, So what, what's, probably the one resource that changed your life oh gosh I have two okay just two quick ones (laughs) breath work and kinesiology oh and Tony Robbins okay three (laughs) what does self-care mean to you like everything everything (laughs) (laughs) and if anybody wants to learn more about um, your story or needs some assistance in finding help for where to go to get help in a relationship, um, where can they find out more? Thank you. Yeah, so if that's something in this has triggered you or you'd like to even share a little bit with me, please, I, would, I don't feel like you're alone. I'd love to hear from you. Prana and Soul on Insta um, or the Warrior Collective on Facebook. That would be amazing. Amazing. We'll definitely uh, grab those links and put it in the show notes for everyone um, if they want to jump on and get more of your goodness into their lives. 
Thank you. Oh, sorry, I hope I didn't talk too flat out. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, I think it's a really important conversation. I know we could go for hours, but I think you kind of touched on a lot just to, I guess, have people reflecting and considering maybe they know somebody or, um, yeah, have that a bit more awareness of what they're currently going through. So I think that's really important that we've had this conversation. So thank you for being here. Definitely. Thank, thank you, you so much for giving me this opportunity to share and to have a voice for the women that feel like they don't have one. I think <sighs> just... Yeah, that resonates so much with me. I just want you to know you're not alone. I'm sending you so much love. And I just really appreciate women like you and Cara using this platform to really empower, inform, and to create this space for women that is safe to talk about real issues and not just camouflage it and that they can be vulnerable. So cheers to you girls as well. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we just said the same thing. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> this is why we do a podcast. Exactly. We... <laughs> exactly. No, thank you. We appreciate you. Awesome, guys. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I would love you guys to reach out to us and message us and let us know what you thought about this episode. Also, um, if you have a part of your story that you want to share, please feel free to reach out and message us and we'll flick you the link on how you can be a part of this show. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm looking forward to it and I will talk to you soon.